All right, guys and gals, welcome back to another week of the Football Lab Podcast. As usual, I am Corey, uh, joined as always by Jared. Uh, Frank is actually going to be sticking around for some of this one, so you won't hear him, but he'll be here. Um, so how's it going, Jared? It's going, man. How have you been? I, uh, I'm i glad to see you're alive. <laughs> yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, I live uh, right outside of Baton Rouge. Um, last couple of days have been stressful. Um, thankfully, we didn't lose power or anything. So we came out of it pretty good. Um, we usually don't get things too serious uh, on the podcast, but just, you know, keep Southeast Louisiana in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, hurricanes are always tough to deal with, and especially ones of this size. I mean, uh, it, it's been a, it's going to be a rough couple weeks, and it's been a rough couple past days. So just uh, stay thinking about us, I guess. Yeah, we will, and I, uh, I'm i glad you're all right, and it seems like, I guess, everyone in your crew is all right, too. Just Yeah, my wife's family's dealing with some flooding in Mississippi, uh, but other than that, we made it out pretty good. Well, good deal. Glad that we can still do this. We weren't sure, <laughs> we, yeah. we, even 12 hours ago, if we were going to be able to do this. Right. Um, so, yeah, but here we are. So, I guess first things first, let's talk about the, uh, the high school thing that came news over the weekend. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, IMG Academy played on ESPN this past weekend. They played a school called Bishop Sycamore, I believe was the name of the, of the school. It turns out the school doesn't actually exist. Um, they lied to ESPN, told them they had a bunch of Division One recruits. ESPN wasn't able to verify any of that, still put them on TV. Absolutely one of the wildest stories I've heard as far as a televised national high school game. I have never heard of anything like this before. <laughs> so they played on Friday, supposedly, and then turned around and played again on Sunday. Yep. Um, if you go to the school's website, it's like a blog post. There's no contact this information. Um, apparently, the head coach has uh, like an arrest warrant right now or something. It, it's it's just yeah. it's wild. Um, supposedly, their high school athletes, quote unquote, are actually JUCO dropouts. Um, I don't know what. I, I guess this is a money thing. Like I, I don't know what you would gain from doing this. I, I absolutely have no idea what you would gain. And what I find even wilder is the fact that what you sent me earlier, I was reading into it a little bit. Um, there has never been a Bishop Sycamore. They can't verify it exists anywhere other than just for this weekend, this right. past weekend. Well, no, they played six games last year. They lost all of them. They did most play six games. Most of them weren't close. Okay, well, in this article it says they just don't exist. But, yes, they played two games in three days. Their head coach does have an active arrest warrant, and almost all of their players are JUCO dropouts who are near nowhere near high school age, which is even funnier for the fact that IMG Academy drummed them and the well, announcers were actually talking about how they feared for player safety. <laughs> well, I mean, IMG, if you're not familiar, is it's um, it's an athletic school, basically. Um, uh, yeah. A high school where they you invite only, from what I understand. Um, you have to be selected to go there, and it's the cream of the crop for the most part when it comes to high school students. And, Pretty and much everyone on the roster is a Division One prospect. And you are correct about that. I mean, they are at a different level. It just cracked me up that you've got a bunch of 20-year-olds who are in danger from having their lives cut short to a bunch of kids. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, they're, they're kids who are grown men already right. at a very young age. But Yeah, it's just a, it is just it's one a wild, wild story. It's just, so if you if you want to read more about it, uh, there's been a couple articles posted on it, so check it out. But it's, well, uh, We'll definitely put it on our Reddit thread to some of the articles that we find. Oh, yeah. uh, so if you go to our Reddit thread, uh, our football lab podcast, you'll you'll find it. Uh, we'll put that up after the show. Yeah. So an online only school that doesn't actually exist for high school players who have already graduated high school. Just, just, just fantastic. Just, just wild. <laughs> All right, so to review the uh, games from this past weekend, I guess the best place to start is the first game, Illinois and Nebraska. Um, Well, our soft assessment on Nebraska and Illinois both looks to be pretty spot on. So far, we're pretty correct. Yeah, that they're not going to be good this year, but I think we wholly underestimated how much trouble Nebraska's in. Well, I think, I mean, that's kind of always Nebraska's thing especially in scott frost is that they 
they just kill themselves. Like, they make so many mistakes that cost them games. Because, I mean, there, to me, there was three big plays that I can remember. I watched most of the first half, a little of the third quarter, and the last, like, minute of the game. Um, so there was the punt return where he took a knee in the end zone, which caused the safety. Well, he... The first points of the 2021 season are safety, which is just... And he didn't take a knee. He, he slid into... But he actually possessed the ball at the one, right. but but his backward momentum carried him into the end zone, right. which a disciplined player knows that's not a safety. That would actually be either a touchback or him down at the one. He panics and throws the ball out of the end zone, which then makes it a safety. Right. Uh, yeah. There was another. There's a third down where uh, I think Nebraska even got an interception on the play. But there was a roughing the passer penalty because the Nebraska defender drove their quarterback into the ground. Yep, that happened. And as well. um, I forget what the third play was. I think it was in the second half. But yeah, I mean, Nebraska could have easily won that game, but they just, for whatever reason, just. And I honestly, I, at the beginning of the game, I thought the Nebraska defense played pretty well. Um, yeah, they just shot themselves in the foot over and over. Yeah, the uh, Nebraska. Looks the part. They look like they should be better. They're bigger. They're faster. But they just did not. They looked wildly undisciplined, which I cannot figure out how Scott Frost is the same coach from just a few years ago. Like I, I well, we I talked about this before we started recording. I mean, it's this team looks completely different than the teams he had at UCF. I mean, yeah. And for people that don't remember, those are the UFC squads that were claiming, you know, unofficial national yeah, titles. They were, the, they were the real national team. That year, big ass Alabama, but I I have no idea as to like how they. I guess it's because Adrian Martinez can't throw the ball very well, but I mean, the final quarterback can. Yeah, he's not a good passer, but he he is athletic and he's mobile. But he just, I don't know, the whole team, it just looks like a lot of, like you said, it's a lot of shooting yourself in the foot and mental errors, stuff that should not be happening to a school of Nebraska's caliber. And I know they've suffered in recent years, but it just—I mean, we were also talking the fact that Illinois went ten and two in two thousand one, and then the best record they've had in the last twenty years is seven, seven and six. six. Back yeah. back years under Ron Zook, the goat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ron Zook. I mean, yeah. I mean, looking at the stats, I mean, outside of Martinez's long run, I mean, they just—they couldn't run the ball. Um, he completed half of his passes, which is never good. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's yeah, – I'm pretty sure I heard that Scott Frost said in his post-game press conference that they had to throw out like half of their game plan in the first quarter. They did. They said because of the way they lined up, they had to throw out half their game plan, which is, to me, I mean, I understand having to abandon what you – you know, especially in week one because you can watch film all you want. You really don't know what's going to happen. But, man <laughs> – Come on. <laughs> I just, I, I, if they threw it out and they had no alternative. Right. There, just, there, was, no, there was no contingency plan. No, it was just like, well. <laughs> That's so. wild. Uh, shout out to Brett Bielema. Uh, when his first game back. In the, did you hear what they asked him after the game? I did not. So they asked him, uh, hey, coach, it looked like you were getting a little emotional. Uh, before the game started, we crying. He said something along the lines of, uh, nah, I was just sweating. <laughs> just, just fantastic. All-time Brett Bielema quote. Just sweating. No just no worries. S- something in my eye. <laughs> yeah, so Nebraska loses to Illinois. Um, neither team looked particularly impressive. And that's the first conference game of a Power Five. Or it what is. remains of a Power Five. <laughs> power four and a half. Yeah. Um. All right. Next up, we'll talk about UCLA Hawaii. This game wasn't particularly close. Uh, Hawaii had even more mistakes than Nebraska did early in the game. Their first drive, the punter takes the accidentally takes a knee, fielding the ball, gives UCLA the ball inside the red zone. I think their second drive, they threw an interception. It was just Hawaii looked horrible. And, you know, I actually think Frank said this uh, before the podcast as well. Like, UCLA looked like a college team, and Hawaii could have – I mean, they just – they look smaller. Yeah. They just look, they look, like, they look like they haven't practiced. 
they yeah they look completely overmatched in every way. Uh, and UCLA beats them forty four to ten, while only passing for one hundred ten yards, one hundred one hundred thirty yards and one touchdown. Yards, and right. they're no no uh, well their quarterback completed fifty percent of his passes and they still scored forty four points. So they ran all yeah. over them. Early on, UCLA figured out they couldn't stop him running the ball, and they just ran it down their throat. Well, their transfer uh, running back, Charbonnet, he yep, yep, he ran all over him. He looked good. Yep. Um, um, I'm, I'm not so sure. There was a, I saw a lot of hot takes about UCLA being back and Chip Kelly's <sighs> back. I don't think that's the case at all. I think UCLA is still going to be UCLA, probably near the bottom of the Pac-12. I think they'll finish in the middle of the Pac-12. Well, Uh, either way, I think they're going to have it come to Jesus when they play LSU this weekend. I do, too. There's nothing I saw out of them that concerns me. Um, Well, they're not going to be able to throw it on you. They're going to have to run. Right. Obviously, um, I mean, it's all it's traditional Chip Kelly stuff. It's a lot of pulling linemen to lead block for running plays. So it'll be a good test for the LSU linebackers. I don't know, man. DTR did not look very good to me. He had that one long touchdown pass, which the Hawaii cornerback played terribly. He completely misjudged the ball. Um, I don't know. If you, I feel like if you can stop the run, you're gonna have your, you're gonna have your way with them. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You know, he had trouble throwing the ball against Hawaii, and then you're gonna get probably right. one of the better secondaries in the, in well, the country that, week his, two. Yeah, it's 44 yard long touchdown pass. That's that's at worst an incompletion against Derek Stingler, Eli Ricks. Like it was not a very well thrown ball. Yeah, if if I were if I were Dorian Thompson, uh, I would go ahead and just decide find Derek Stingley, throw anywhere else. <laughs> well, I mean, you say the same thing, but Eli Ricks had like three pick sixes last year. Well, if I had to pick between the lesser of two evils, <laughs> <laughs> you better be checking down every time. Yeah. All right. Uh, other scores. Hold on. Let me scroll down. Uh, Fresno State beat the dog piss out of Connecticut. Um, Connecticut. I didn't watch. I didn't watch any of that game, but Connecticut looked like they hadn't played a game in two years. Well, Connecticut just needs to just just play basketball, my dudes, because yeah, that was bad. I I only watched just enough to decide that my thoughts and prayers go out to them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, UTEP beat New Mexico State, which New Mexico State is also another team that hadn't played since 2019. Yep, and they got and, and it looked like it, they got beat 30 to three. Right, and then uh, the nightcap, which I didn't get to watch much of, uh, was San Jose State beating Southern Utah. Uh, I did find out something interesting. Uh, so Nick Starkle is the quarterback for San Jose State. Apparently, okay. he's close to approaching the record for the longest tenured. Uh, college football player in the history of college football. Really? Yeah. Uh, I haven't looked into that, but I did hear that he is closing in on the record. I don't know if he's supposed to pass it this year or not. Um, but, yeah, so good for Nick Sarkle. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know how you managed to do that. But, hey, good for him. You got to have a record, get a record, You just get any record. Yeah, hey, man. <laughs> His name would be in the in the record books. I mean, he had a great night. I mean, he did throw a pick, but he threw for nearly 400 yards and four TDs. Yeah, I mean, I think he's done fairly well there. Yeah, I mean, he should. Because he was originally at what, Texas A&M? Uh, yeah, I believe he was. Um, was it him and Mon that were competing initially? And once he lost that job, he just never got it back. Probably. I mean, Which, Mon, Mon was at Texas A&M for... A hundred years. So, you know, Callum Mon was a five star. I'm not surprised by that. So, because Garrett, uh, Jared Garantano was a five star yeah, as well. The two most surprising five stars that I can think of on top of my head are Kellen Mon and Jared Garantano. Yeah. Well, Kellen Mon actually, you know, he never looked the part, but he was a good football player. You can't deny it. He had a weird throwing motion. Yeah, he did. It's but very, Jared, it's very up, like up. And then that makes sense. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of guys where I feel. <laughs> you just watch them throw, and it's hard to watch. But in the college level, even at the top tiers of the college level, you can have all that weird stuff and still be successful. Yeah. Because Jared Garantano looked great in his form, but threw it to all the wrong people a lot. Yeah. All the time. All- 
right. Uh, you want to talk about anything else from week zero? It was kind of. Um, what, in the Nebraska game was entertaining, I guess, but. Well. Other ones were kind of. Yeah, I was interested to see Nebraska, Illinois, because that was your first conference scheduled game out of Power Five. And then I wanted to see what UCLA was packing since they're going to be the first. Uh, First team out of conference. Well, them and Clemson to come in and play a SEC team, I believe. Yeah. Did you know that Chip Kelly at UCLA was zero and six in non-conference games until Hawaii? Uh, you want to know another fun fact I heard? I did not know that one, but the other one I heard is he has never in his four years there never won an opening day game until he beat Hawaii. Yeah. He's he was zero for six in non-conference games until this year. I, I just. Kind of baffles me. He was such a good coach. He was at Oregon and then went to the pros, right? He was at Oregon. They went to the Eagles for four or five years. Yeah, his Eagle teams weren't bad. It's just he's a, he's a weirdo, and the NFL players didn't want to deal with him anymore. Yeah, and he did run off all their talent. You know. Yeah. I guess ultimately for the betterment of the Eagles because they won a Super Bowl <laughs> right a few years. They did. But I mean, look at them now. I mean, they're not supposed to be very good this year. No, and they they don't they don't look good either. Yeah, I mean they want to they want a Super Bowl and they just kind of fell off a cliff. Hey, as a Falcons fan, I would trade I would trade one Super Bowl for ten years of mediocrity because you know why? Those ten years of mediocrity are coming whether you want them or not. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> you nailed it. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's kick it over to the games for this weekend. Let's do it. So yep. on Wednesday we start with UAB Jacksonville State. Uh, I don't think anybody really cares about this game. Uh, um, is Dion the head coach of Jacksonville State? I think so. I, I just had a brain fart for some reason. I, I believe he is. Yeah, he's. Uh, yep, yeah, he's the head coach. Okay, so that would be my only reason for wanting to watch this game. I'm pretty sure Jacksonville State wins it because they have actually had fairly decent recruiting considering they're Jacksonville State. Yeah, but all those, uh, I don't know, man. UEB hasn't been bad. I, I know they haven't been bad, but, I, well, I guess we'll see. I really don't know what to make of them. Because I know a few years ago we had talked about it, like they, they axed football, then they brought it back. And but they, got a, they had a bunch of transfers come in when they did that. They sure did, and they haven't been horrible. There's definitely teams out there that are so much worse, so I could be completely wrong. They may come in and just stomp Jacksonville on the ground. <laughs> um, so Jacksonville State is not where Deion coaches. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville State. Is it Jacksonville or Jackson State? Let me look at that again. Jackson State. Yeah, Jackson State. Jacksonville State is the one. I think they're in Mississippi. Yep, you're right. 100%. Which Jackson State's also in Mississippi. But All right, with that, I'm retiring from podcasts. Because Jacksonville <laughs> State, I think that's where Ryan Pierlew ended up when he left LSU. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Jackson State's. So never mind. So, so yeah, uh, we're both picking UAB. <laughs> yeah, UAB it is. All right, uh, and then Thursday, there's you know probably like 14, 16 games. I think I see on here. Uh, uh, yeah, I believe so. Obviously, the marquee game is Ohio State versus Minnesota. Is that a Thursday night game? It is Thursday, September second. Sure is seven uh, o'clock. I mean, I know Ohio State's going to be inexperienced to quarterback, but they are loaded everywhere else. I'm picking Ohio State. I'm surprising this one wasn't on the pick'em. List. Well, they only do Saturday games. Okay, that's why I'm um, there. I'll pick Ohio State too. I think it'll be—I don't know what the line is. I think it'll be closer. Um, I think it'll be closer than I, still, I don't see the line. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> they just not have a line on this game. <laughs> Who knows? Um, <laughs> I would pick Ohio State to win. Like you said, they have more talent. I wouldn't be—I wouldn't be totally shocked if Minnesota pulls off an upset, but I don't expect. Yeah, I wouldn't put Ohio State on upset alert by any means. No. Um, the other interesting game, uh, Boise State-UCF. Yeah, that could be a fun one to watch. I have a feeling that'll be a slugfest. Yeah. Um, 
South Florida NC State might be fun to watch. I don't know. It depends on who they are. I feel are, like but... South Florida NC State and then Tennessee Bowling Green are the two games that shouldn't be fun to watch, but may end up being pretty fun. Okay, well, here's the – did you hear the news out of Tennessee? I did not. They are starting Joe Milton over Harrison oh, I actually, Bailey. I actually did hear that. So I – it means one of two things. Joe Milton is either wildly better – or they're in trouble at quarterback, and Bowling Green might give them a run for their money. Well, I mean, it's Tennessee. They're in trouble regardless. Uh, that's, yeah. But, I mean, I wouldn't have expected them to be, you know. We'll, we'll see. We'll find out really quick. Um, I know they're going through a lot, and they're probably going to be bad, but I hope they're not losing to Bowling Green bad. <laughs> well, who they lose to? That's what, Georgia State a few years ago? Uh, yeah, a few years ago they did. They lost to Georgia State. They lost to BYU before BYU was even remotely good. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, if, they, if they lose to Bowling Green out the gate, they're probably going to lose to Pittsburgh. <laughs> for sure. And then they got Tennessee Tech, and then they play Florida. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Good luck, they, Tennessee. They, they get, I'm looking at their schedule. There is a hot chance Tennessee is either one or two. Two and either one and seven or two and six coming into the Georgia game. <laughs> Yikes. Two, three. Tough, yeah. tough first year. Um, Maybe one and seven or two and eight. The rest of the Thursday games, nothing really super exciting. Uh, Coast Carolina Citadel, Utah Weber State, Arizona State, Southern Utah, Rutgers Temple, maybe might be kind of fun to watch. I'm yeah. Not sure I- how good Temple's supposed to be, though. Yeah, I'd be interested to see Utah just to see how uh, their quarterback does. Um, yeah, the kid from the kid from Baylor. Yeah, um, Charlie Brewer. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to how he does because we were saying that Utah might be a surprise in the Pac-12 if he actually balls out a little bit out there. Yeah, I think they got to find playmakers. Um, and I don't know enough about their charts. Yeah, know and, if they have and, any or not. Yeah, I know they had a, a good running back last year, but I think he left. Yeah, Weber State's probably not going to be the test that shows you one way or another. Uh, and I don't really see another interesting game until we roll over into Friday. Right. And, and the North Carolina-Virginia Tech game leading off Friday, uh, that could be that could be a good game. Yeah, um, I think this is a uh, make-it-or-break-it year for Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech. So I don't expect them to beat North Carolina, but they probably need to at least look competitive. Um, Michigan State-Northwestern, that's another good game on Friday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll find out real quick there too. Is Michigan State going to be a surprise, or are they going to be the bottom of the pack like we thought they might be? Because that's what our assessment was. That they might not be too good this year, right? And I will say this: shout out to the Big Ten for getting their conference games in early. Yeah, no doubt they are definitely putting them in. I guess they're just about facing after last year's debacle. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much it for Saturday. I mean Friday. Um, Yep, Saturday kicks off with Army and Georgia, Georgia State, and then... Got Oklahoma at Tulane, which that's one of the pick games, which we both picked Oklahoma, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think as far as the country goes, it's like 97% in favor 99%. of... 99%. Is it 99? It is 99. Cause I, yeah, okay, I'm thinking of a different one. I was about to say, who, who picked? Who's the 3%? <laughs> There's no way 3% of people go to Tulane. <laughs> Uh, the only other, I mean, there's a couple of lopsided yeah. ones, but that's the only one that low. Yeah, so 99% to pick pick the Oklahoma Sooners, and I, <laughs> I'm not even going to get into the betting line on this. Just whatever the betting line is, just for Oklahoma, yeah. <laughs> it still blows my mind that they're going too late. To, well, actually, that game probably not going to happen. Because New Orleans, they're not getting power anytime. Well, they said they were going to move it to Norman. Oh, okay. Well, that, if they do that, that'll work. But, yeah, I, I, I didn't think about that just now. I mean, New Orleans is going to be without power for weeks. Yeah, that's. I saw something today that said they're going to move it to uh, Oklahoma. That's good. I know the LSU team, they went. They left and went to Houston uh, Saturday night. They're not going to come back until after the UCLA game. Yeah. Uh, another 11 o'clock game, uh, Penn State-Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, and that is another wild mismatch. I think this game is actually going to be better than what Pickham is showing and what the betting lines are showing. Um, 
Right now, the matchup predictor is 57% in favor of Wisconsin, but the Pick'em crowd has it at 82%. Yeah. I think we both picked Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. The over-under is 50. What are you, what are you taking? Actually, I'll take the over. I think the over as well. Yeah. Um, but right now, it looks like 11-point uh, favorites for Wisconsin. That sounds about right. So I, yeah, I, I think Wisconsin. I think it'll Wisconsin, either be a field goal game or it'll be like a twenty-one point win. Yeah, right you're now. right. It's either going to be closer or blowout, but I think Wisconsin wins it either way. Yeah, I do too. Um, what other are the early games? Washington, Michigan. No one cares. Kentucky, ULM. No one really cares. Nebraska yeah. plays Fordham. Does Nebraska get revenge? <laughs> I, I am not looking for Nebraska to win. They're on a short no, week. They'll beat, they'll beat Fordham. Fordham's like barely a real college. Well, so is Nebraska. True. <laughs> That's my hot take. Uh, Kansas State and Stanford also play at 11. Uh, I look forward to that game, actually. I'm curious to see what Stanford looks like. Kansas State might be, but I don't know. It's been a while since they've been good. I think that's pretty much it for the early games. Yeah, it looks like after that. Yeah, it looks like it, it goes on to the 3 o'clock games where you start uh, Indiana and Iowa at 3.30. Um, I'm picking Iowa. That could be a really good game, though. Um, I picked Iowa as well, but yeah, that could be a pretty close game. Um, that, well, the marquee what? game in that time yep. slot is Alabama-Miami. Alabama-Miami, and I think that's another one that's like a lopsided pick in favor of Alabama. But 96% picked Alabama. I am one of the 4% that picked Miami. I actually picked Miami as well. Adam, that's for Here's you. Here's my thing. <laughs> Do I think Alabama's going to win? Yes. 100%. Would I love it for Miami to win? Yes. Uh, the realistic chances I'd give Miami to win may be like 5%. I, well, I was going to give them their actual pick them percentage of four. Yeah, I mean it's right there. <laughs> um, yeah, I picked them, but I've, I think I, on my other pick them page, I've got them as my one point game. Like I am, that's an upset. I'm not confident it's going to happen. The only real way I see Miami winning is score early, get a turnover or two early, basically make Bryce Young have to come back and beat you. Because if I, Alabama I, can just sit there and run the ball, you ain't going to win. And the other part of it is. Alabama has their worst day imaginable, and Miami has their Super Bowl. Like they have their nat- national yeah, championship. Yeah, it's gonna game. have to look like those old Miss games where they would beat Alabama over, which is like the craziest shit in the world happened. So I know we're, we both picked Miami, but it sounds like what we're really saying is it sounds like a snowball's chance in hell that Miami beats Alabama. Yeah, Alabama. I mean, if I I'm not a betting man, but if I was a betting man, I'd put my money on Alabama. But oh, a thousand for, percent <laughs> for for the purpose of the pick them and just to piss Adam off. Miami. Yeah, and the betting line is that <laughs> oh, they're like a eighteen point favorite. I think they are an eighteen and a half point favorite. Uh, yeah. Over over under sixty one and a half. I'm gonna go with the over. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the over on that too. I just, but I feel like sixty one of those points will be Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, Vegas is picking them just just outright to dominate. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go back to Iowa, Indiana? I know we're going to cut that one short. Um, I just think it'll be a good game. I don't really have a whole lot on it, and I don't think it's on a – is it a pick game this week? It is. I picked Iowa. I picked Iowa as well. Uh, 71% of people picked Iowa. Wait, it is? It, I don't see it on here. It's in the middle. Oh, there it, it is. The games yeah. go by uh, start time. I got you. I got you. So, yeah, um, it's pretty heavily in favor of Iowa. And with what Iowa's returning, I think that's probably about accurate. Um, I'm not sure about anything regarding the stat line. I mean, they're they're calling it 45-point over-under, and Iowa's a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. So, I mean, this is not much different than Georgia-Clemson game. Right. So, I'll take the – I'll take the over, and I'll take Iowa to win. That's a really low total. Yeah. I just feel like they're going to score 45 points. Like, I'd smash that I don't over. I man. I feel like Iowa's known for playing, like, 
ten point games. Thirteen to ten games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are. They are. I'm still going to take that over. Okay. Uh, so the next game on the pick'em is Maryland West Virginia. Um, surprised how low the Maryland percentage is. Yeah, I am too because I think I'm actually going to pick Maryland to beat West Virginia. Uh, I pick Maryland. I don't. I'm curious because like. 15% of people have Maryland winning. And actually, I picked West Virginia to win on this one. I picked Maryland on the other one. I picked Maryland on this one. Um, but, but the predictor is like right down the middle. It's a two and a half point spread, 57 and a half point over under. I'm. God. I'm picking Maryland. I mean, I'm picking. Uh, I'm going to stick with my West Virginia pick, but I think you might be right. Like I said, on my other pick em group, I have Maryland picked. And I'm going to... I'm going to take the under on this one, actually. What's the over-under? I'm sorry, I missed it. 57 and a half. Um, it could go either way. This one's going to be so tight. I would actually take the over. I, I would like just, when Maryland, when they're rolling, they can put up points in our I would, hurry. I would say take your betting money and take it someplace else. I don't bet, so it doesn't really matter. That's not legal here. <laughs> Yet. Um, that's kind of it for the 2.30 games. Yeah, 3.30 games. And then it rolls on to 4 o'clock. Right, and the 4 o'clock games are not great. I mean, the there's the Texas um, ULL you, game starts at 4.30. That is probably the one game that I'm going to be wanting to see the final score of. Because I know Sark's there, but ULL is played pretty good in recent and I would not surprise me in the least if Texas found a way to lose that game. 97% returning production at ULL. Yeah. Um, it, it is strange because Texas also came out this week and named Hudson Card their starting quarterback. I saw which that. I don't think anybody saw coming. Especially uh, after Casey Thompson did in that bowl game. Right. Well, you know, I've been listening to uh, uh, 247's The Late Kick with Josh Pate. And he actually made that call, I believe, that he had heard that Sark favored Hudson Carr. And anyway, yeah, nobody predicted that. Everybody was naming the other guy uh, from last week or from the bowl game as quarterback. And he threw for like four or five touchdowns. Yeah. So <laughs> he was calling it out as like there may be some division in that locker room to open the season with. That's always good. <laughs> we'll just, don't, just don't reach for the tequila bottle. <laughs> yeah, don't boogers and tequila bottles keep them keep them <laughs> keep them away from him. Uh, um, what do we got right. next? Uh, I mean, then we get to like the six o'clock games. Nothing super interesting in there so yeah, far. Yeah, the, the yeah four four to six didn't really Oregon have anything. State Purdue in a battle of two of the worst teams in their conferences. <laughs> Uh, Oregon State, yeah, yeah, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> um, Syracuse and Ohio. Where am I missing? I'm missing the LSU game on here. What time does that game start? LSU-UCLA is at 8.30. 8.30. Okay. So that's one of the last games to play. Um, I Yeah, there's really not another one. I mean, Auburn plays, Florida plays, uh, Syracuse, Oklahoma State, <laughs> South Carolina. Runs. Yeah, and then you get to the Georgia Clemson game at oh, yeah. seven thirty, and it's hard to say. Um, everybody, uh, everybody on Pickham is sixty six percent in favor of Clemson, thirty four in favor of Georgia. They split from uh, Vegas is sixty nine percent in favor of Clemson. But the point line has moved slowly but surely over the past couple of weeks, which I don't really understand. Currently, Clemson went from a four and a half, or it was either four and a half or six point favorite to yeah six to four and a half. Oh no no no! It opened at four and a half, and now they're a three point favorite. So it's moving in Georgia's favor slowly. I don't really understand that. Yeah, especially with all the injuries. That's kind of what makes it because. It I mean, makes it interesting because y'all are I mean, y'all 
to go down to players. I mean, depth's not really an issue at Georgia because well, yeah. you know, kind of like kind of like the same joke you can say about Alabama when somebody gets hurt because oh no, there's just another top 100 recruit coming to replace them. I mean, same thing, with Georgia, really. I mean, it, where it gets into the issue with Georgia is just experience. Like the right. talent's there, but the experience is not. But I mean, we did, I'm just facing a lot of the same issues. Well, I think the rumors are starting to float around that there is a possibility that Tyke Smith and Darnell Washington play this weekend. Which That'd be I, huge. Well, it would be huge, but I don't want these guys to come out and play. Like I realize the Clemson game is huge, but dropping your first game of the season at a conference to Clemson, I mean, I don't want to lose these guys for the whole year and end this up dropping some BS game to South Carolina or something like that down the line. I, I don't know how I feel about it. If they're good to go, by all means. Nah, it's tough. I mean, yeah, we've just got so much talent that, especially with Darnell Washington, I, I don't know what Tyke Smith's going to do. I mean, I know he was like Mr. Superstar up at West Virginia. I don't know how that translates into SEC football. Um, I mean, and it's not like it was an impact injury. It's just both of them tweaked their foot and had to have surgery. Right. But there were rumors that it was a Lens Frank, uh, Lens Frank or Lens Franck <laughs> injury to Darnell Washington. Those have, were, a, those have a habit of lingering for a while. Yeah. So they said he could be back in three or four weeks. But I was like, man, every time I hear a player having that, they're just pretty much done for until the next year, until yeah, they can like a, stop playing football. It's That's, like a high ankle sprain. Yeah, like you gotta, go you have to rest it, and you have to rest it long term. Even though it's not a significant injury, it just hampers you. Right. Uh, I picked Georgia to win the pick'em. I've been pretty adamant about Georgia being my pick for the next championship this year. I do think they can lose this game and they'll be fine. Um, I'm excited to watch it. It should be a fun game. Is it's a neutral side game, isn't it? It is. It's neutral side. It's in Charlotte. Uh, I think it's. I think it's at the Panthers Stadium. Um, it's. I'm excited to watch it. Like it's going to be. I mean, you're kicking off college football for real with that game in my mind. I mean, even if it were, it's a playoff game. It it is. It's a. It's a potential playoff game. Um, but I. I'm still. I'm with you. Like I picked Georgia. I'm high on them. Obviously, I'm always high on them. But. I think the consequences for losing are definitely in Georgia's favor. Right. If it's, Ever, if it's heard a of, huge blowout either way, both teams are fine. There's a lot of people that are favoring Clemson. They're like, oh, it'll be a quality loss. And I'm just like, they don't have anyone else on their schedule. Georgia has a lot of teams they got to play, and they still got to play in the SEC championship. Well, I mean, Clemson will have to play either UNC or Miami most likely in the AC championship game, which, I mean, that'll be their only, like, true game. But yeah. a close loss to Georgia and a win over, UNC, uh, you know, a 12-0 UNC in the AC championship game. They're in. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, and I'm just assuming Georgia's going to win the East. I've seen – I don't I don't see – I don't think Florida's going to be good enough. I don't think anybody can beat Georgia. I am just terrified Georgia's going to do something. Georgia's going to Georgia. Sometimes. I mean, and that's just PTSD. It comes with being a Georgia fan. I feel like there's right. two type, There's two types of Georgia fans. There's the ones that are just like me who, who knows we should be as good as our talent and even our coaching, but we just somehow something bad luck, bad coaching, bad decisions happens. And then there's the other side who are just like, Way overconfident, <laughs> right? I mean, that's every fan base, though. <laughs> I guess so. Um, one other game I just noticed while you, you were going through that: uh, Fresno State, Oregon. I normally we probably wouldn't talk about this game, but considering Fresno State just absolutely destroyed UConn, do you put you give them any chance of pulling an upset? I mean, there's always a chance. That's why they play the game. But you would like to think that Oregon has this one in the bag, right? I mean, especially with everything. I mean, they're they're getting a lot of hype this year, so. Uh, as far as a Pac-12 team goes, they're getting hype. Um, they're, they're, everybody's talking that they should be in the playoffs or have a shot at making the playoffs. Well, if they lose to Fresno State right out the that gate, pretty much ruins that. That's that's a wrap. I don't care what they do the rest of the year. That should be a wrap. All right, uh, one game we missed on the pick'em slate: uh, Texas Tech and Houston. Oh, well, I picked Texas Tech. I think you picked Texas Tech as well. I, I don't know why. 
I don't think Texas Tech's very good, but I don't think Houston's very good either. Well, I think Houston went as Derek King went. Now he's at Miami. I just don't think Houston – they're the running gun still, I feel like. Well, yeah, Holgerson's still there. Which um, is crazy. He left West Virginia to go to Houston. I guess. I mean, if you <laughs> do what you got to do, my man, but I don't know why you'd do that. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, maybe maybe he just found a niche and he's happy there doing, doing Houston. Well, I mean, based on – his record so far, I don't know if he'll be there very long. <laughs> That's also fair. But, yeah, um, pretty much everyone in the country agrees with us about Texas Tech, even though Texas Tech – I don't – don't, both of – neither of those teams are very good. I could see Texas Tech blowing that game, though. I mean, yeah, neither team's that great. Um, But other than that, so that should bring us to the 8 o'clock game, which – or the 8.30 game, which is LSU-UCLA. Yeah, um, so the spread right now only has LSU. I think it's like a three- or four-point favorite. Um, I think that's low. I could see it being a close game, but I could also see LSU easily winning by two or more two or more touchdowns. I, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. After watching UCLA play Hawaii, I think that three-point spread is ridiculous, and I think UCLA is going to get stomped. I just don't think they're going to be able to score. I don't think they're going to be able to score. Well, I mean, I don't blame anybody. Our defense was so bad last year, and we hired a defense coordinator who hasn't been a defense coordinator in, like, five years. And he was only a defense coordinator in Division Two. So, I mean, I get it. There's a lot of questions about LSU. It comes down to the linebacker play. Um, watching UCLA, it's a lot of pulling guards. Not abnormal for Chip Kelly offense. Um, but if you, I feel like if you can stop the run, we're going to win the game. Or if even get an early lead, force them to pass. Because DTR, he's had accuracy issues in the past, and he did not look good against Hawaii, and Hawaii was horrible. Yeah, and, and to your point, I feel like LSU's front four is going to get pressure on him. That's they're kind of, They're yeah. going to get to him, and he is going to – if he struggled with Hawaii, like which he did, I don't care if it's opening game or not, and you're playing UCL – I mean, you're playing LSU at home, like at UCLA, you're playing them in Cal Berkeley. Is that right? Did I read that right? Yeah, it's at the Rose Bowl. Um, or Pasadena, Calvary, Pasadena. But you're you're playing them there. I mean, I guess that's why it's such a close game. Is they're giving the home field advantage to UCLA. I just feel like LSU just runs all over them. It's always Dude, tough to make a West Coast trip. It um, is. It is a long trip for you guys. It's a later game than normal. Yeah, but I don't know. I think especially with all the things that have happened in Louisiana. Past couple of days, I think LSU's going to go in there fired up. Um, I, I agree. I think they're going to go in there and show you, out. You brought up the defensive line, and that's something I did plan on talking about. Is I think the biggest indicator for LSU this year of how good they're actually going to be is how good the defensive line is. If defensive line is good to great, good to pretty good, I don't. I mean, nine and three, ten two, maybe. If the, if the defensive line is as good as I think it can be, I could easily see them going 11-1. Um, we've got the most depth we've had there in years. Um, and I, I, I feel like our, the defensive line is the key to this season. Yeah. Well, I mean, as, as your guys in the trenches go, so often your team goes. Right. And, I mean, with that being said, like I don't know how LSU's defensive line uh, is going to do – back in the SEC, but I feel like even still, I feel like especially the way LSU has managed to recruit in lot in I mean, especially the the, the amount of transfers y'all had in and out and still recruit as strong as you did. Right. I just feel like your defensive line's probably gonna smash UCLA's well, yeah. O-line. Well I mean Ed said in his press conference last week that they're probably gonna they're gonna play up to ten guys on defensive line. Well then Considering when Aranda's first year, I think we had like four scholarship defensive linemen. Yeah, well, having fresh D linemen going constant. I mean, especially of the caliber, even if they're three stars. I mean, they're big. Well, I mean, you got Mason Smith, who rivals had it rated as the number one recruit last year. Um, yeah, Jaquel and Gillery. I mean, Jaquel and Roy, who and what limited action he saw last year was a terror. Um. And then you got guys like uh, Neil Farrell, who's been there forever. 
Um, Joseph Evans, who's swapped back and forth from offense and defensive line, but he's supposed to be really good. Cole Kublik picked him as one of his breakout players in the SEC this year for defense. And then um, a guy like uh, Jacoby and Guillory, who didn't play much at all last year, but he's like a state champion powerlifter. So, I mean, he's just <laughs> crazy strong. Um, B.J. Ojolari coming off the edge. You know, Ali Gay showed flashes last year. Andre Anthony showed flashes last year. So, if the defensive line is as good as it can be, we, we could – I think we, I think it can win us some games. Well, I know old Jalari is good, so right. and I just feel like you're going to be able to get a pass rush without sending a bunch of backers. You'll be able to drop in coverage, rush that's, them before. Yeah, and that's the key. If you can, we can get pressure before. Uh, the one thing that's going to be interesting for me to see is we're supposedly we're playing a lot more zone this year, which is something LSU hasn't done in forever. I mean, we've always been a bump and run man coverage team. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how we translate to that. But, yeah, I mean, if the defensive line can get pressure and keep the linebackers pretty free, they should be pretty good. I do. I have concerns about the linebackers. Um, from what I understand, Mike Jones Jr. has not looked great. Well, um, even in spite of that, I just I feel like Charbonnet and Brown are not going to have the days they had against Hawaii. No, they're, no. I just – they're going to – and that, that was their offense. Like, I just don't see – Right. UCLA's quarterback taking that game over. Like, it's yeah. not that's not going to be good for them. Yeah, if LSU can go by, like, 14 relatively quickly, I'll feel comfortable. But if LSU gets off to a slow start on offense, uh, it, it's going to make it harder on them. Well, if uh, we'll see. I, I feel pretty confident in LSU on this one. I feel I, confident LSU will win. Um, I have them picked pretty high. Um, I just feel like LSU last year – was a product of what last year was. Um, God, I hope so. I know you do. I, this is just how I feel as an outsider. I, I am. Yeah. I mean, you replaced a lot of coaches last year. You didn't have – you had two days of spring practice. You didn't have a normal fall schedule. Uh, I mean, there's – I'm not going to sit here and keep making excuses for LSU. Uh, but, yeah, I think we should be UCLA. Yeah, you should. Um and then, unless you have anything else, I guess we'll transition to the last pick'em game. Yeah, the last pick'em game is BYU Arizona. Uh, I picked BYU. I think we both picked BYU, and that's yeah. solely because of just Arizona going to be terrible. Yeah, same. Uh, BYU is a twelve and a half point favorite. Um, uh, yeah, I just feel like BYU is probably going to live off their success. They actually did pretty well in recruiting. Arizona's just Arizona. They're not going to be that good, and I don't see any reason why BYU should lose this game. No. Um, um, is there any games in the schedule you see on those later, those West Coast games? Not really. I mean, Utah State, Washington State might be interesting. I'm not sure how good Utah State's going to be. Um, but that would be the only one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd be curious to see that one. Notre Dame and Florida State play on Sunday. And then Ole Miss and Louisville play Monday. Um Notre I, Dame, State. Notre Dame's going to win that one, I believe. I think it's think, hard to pick against Notre Dame because Florida State's just been such a dumpster fire lately. Yeah, I know, Notre, I, I know Florida State said they wanted to get back in it. I don't see how they do it against Notre Dame. Even with losing Ian Book, I don't see how they do it. Yeah. Because their they're quarterback now is Jack Cohn, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. It'd, I'd love it for Florida State to beat them, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, yeah, and then Ole Miss, I'm pretty sure, is going to yeah, they're gonna, just... they're going to torch Louisville. The, yeah, it is going to be an air raid. I think Lane Kiffin's about to unleash on Louisville. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I, yeah, that's that's my pick for those two, Notre Dame, Mississippi. Um, any other thoughts on the upcoming first week? Outs- and excluding your own game, what is game you're most excited to watch um i I think the game i'm most excited to watch uh where was it uh is alabama miami yeah uh and then my third game would be lsu ucla just because i want to see where lsu's at because i feel like the only challenger to alabama in the west this year potentially could be old miss but I, i think realistically it's going to be lsu or no one so I'm curious to see, but I think Texas is my game. 
That one's going to be one to watch for sure. Uh, Texas, I could see running off with it, but <laughs> if they stumble, which they very well could, especially with the quarterback issue and some of the things I've been hearing, I'll be curious to see if they can put it together. Yeah, They could easily lose that game, which would be, be a hell of a way for Sark to start off in Texas. Another game I'm just now catching on here, uh, San Jose State versus USC. Um that could be a fun one. Should be a lot of points, at least. Yeah, I'll take the over. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I may take the under, because I bet the over set at like 80 points. 105. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, I mean, obviously, the game that I'm most looking forward to is Georgia-Clemson. I think Tagey Daniels is going to put on a show. I, I hope our running backs can get going, because I feel like we're going to need all of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, Georgia Clemson's the big game of the week, um, obviously. So yeah, and it goes on the same time as LSU and UCLA. So if LSU's just pissing me off, I'll just pretend to be a Georgia fan. <laughs> well, we'll be rooting for each other's schools this week. Um, no. I mean, I, I, I think still at the end of the day, I'm in the Alabama Miami game. I'm rooting for Alabama. I'm I not. Just don't. I just don't think Miami's going to be able to pull this off. It would be a hell of an upset, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, Honestly, t- I, don't, I don't either. But but to go to your Texas ULL, I am pulling for ULL. <laughs> I, I want to see that happen. See, that's a tough one for me because I don't like either of these teams. No, but, I, but Texas I want- after the bullshit they pulled in 2019 and ULL because it's ULL, their little brother. But Hey, hey hook them, dog. <laughs> hook them. Right. Uh, that pretty much wraps up preview for this weekend's game. Um, Jerry, tell the people about the social media stuff. All right. Well, you can find us uh, at on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We'll just start right off the top here with facebook.com backslash football podcast. You can find us on Instagram, instagram.com backslash football podcast. Twitter, twitter.com backslash football pod. That should should have everything, and uh, da, 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 da. we have a Reddit thread, which is our backslash football lab podcast, and yeah, that's all of our social media. So look for us. We are going to start posting. We're going to start. I'm excited, man. We're finally going to get into the week to week, and I think it's going to be a little bit more, yeah. a little more into this. The people will get to see the the highs and lows of being LSU and Georgia fans. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. There could, there's going to be. I already know there's going to be some some happy and some sad. There's going to be some sad. Yeah, well, hey, just be prepared for us to be sad even when we win. Yeah, because I mean, if we beat someone that we're supposed to beat by five points or something like that, you're going to see some sad. Yeah. <laughs> Because we, we expected differently. <laughs> All right. Uh, end of the show. Random topic time. Did you have anything? Because I did not. I, I, like I said, I didn't have time to really do anything. Yeah. I know you've had a, a heck of a week, but I did have two. Uh, okay. One uh, in, a, in, in fictional writing. What's the scariest monster in all of fictional writing or fictional characters? Period. Uh, Cthulhu. Cthulhu? Yeah. I was going to say Gary Busey. That's the same thing. <laughs> Cthulhu played by Gary Busey. Um, I don't know. It just always come back to there's just like this fan art picture of like Cthulhu like coming out of the water and that thing just looks fucking terrifying. Uh, and yeah. like oh, anything in like the deep ocean scares the shit out of me. I don't know why, but the flood from Halo uh, absolutely terrifies me. Just whatever that like a parasitic something that is fast and chases you and you can't really do anything about it, that that terrifies me. Yeah. Um, the other one is an article I saved. Let me let me find, find that real quick because it was something interesting to talk about. And I cannot find where I saved it. 10 out of 10. All right, when you're looking, it. I'm going to ask this one. All right. What would you want your last meal to be? Ooh, last meal. Um, 100%. Uh, this is a, my mom cooks these, uh, just from scratch biscuits and gravy. I just, just biscuits and gravy, sausage, 
I'll take it all day. I'll take that. Just just load me up. I want to be so stuffed that when when I go, I don't even care. <laughs> you pop like a balloon. Yeah. Uh, shrimp and grits is my answer. Oh well, can't go wrong with that either. I just it's my favorite meal. It's delicious. You turned me on to it big time. Yeah, if you've never had traditional New Orleans style shrimp and grits, it is life changing. Okay, I found what I was looking for. College game day is known for its signs. Oh, okay. What is the best college game day roast sign that you've seen? So this one's very LSU specific. Because, That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Doesn't matter what it is. When Florida came to LSU, when Tebow was there, there was a sign that says Tebow uses the third floor bathroom in Middleton. <laughs> well, the, so the joke actually. So the joke is, they kept finding glory holes in the third floor bathroom of the Middleton Library. They would like patch them, but somebody would just come in and do another one. So it was like the infamous like gay meetup spot on LSU's campus. It was the Middleton third floor bathroom. <laughs> oh man. The uh I think the most the favorite one is also a Tebow one. Uh, and this was not, I think it was a few years ago, and I can't even remember the game it was. I just remember it very clearly <laughs> stating it was like Tebow bats point or er, uh, bats 226 for a single A team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He throws down some lethal blocks, too. Uh, my second favorite one of all time, which this one's kind of jacked up, but it is, it's, a, you just got to laugh at it because it's kind of true, but it said Lou Holtz for president. <laughs> oh man, Lou Holtz. I remember when the like the ESPN like studio show is Lou Holtz and Mark May. <laughs> oh my god, uh, yeah, old Lou Holtz, man. Um, speaking of college day, game day, they are Lee Corso is coming out there. He's going to be on set this year, and I kind of feel like that's a mistake. He was on set uh, this weekend. For yeah. I think it's a bad idea. I think he's very obviously like starting to lose it. Um, like no one can deny that. So I think having like the tape stuff from his house was the way to go. Cause you can edit stuff. You can, you got control over the surroundings. Um, I love, I love him, but I mean, he's just, he's obviously kind of starting to lose it. Yeah. I mean, you hate to see it and he's just a part of it, but I mean, his age is there's just a time you just have to call it man yeah um speaking of game day i had one more sign and i and i forgot about this but this was numbered at the time this is 2007 going back to the craziest year in college football ever number two kansas versus number four missouri so that there you go right yep. there a sign in the background that says mangino causes world hunger <laughs> <laughs> And if you've never seen Coach Mangino, big boy, he's he's a healthy five hundred yeah, pounds. <laughs> between him and Charlie Weiss, I mean, that's big coaches. That's tonnage on the field yeah. when those two guys play each other. <laughs> All right, so hypothetical question: Lee Corso retires after this season. Who do you think to replace him? I I think you have to go with David Pollock. I think. I mean, not to well, replace him, but to no, he no, was no. the guy that filled in to replace him. And to not replace just, him straight up, yeah. I don't. Is there a character out there that could replace him right now? Well, until we found out he was a huge sleaze bag, the easiest choice probably would have been Les Miles. <laughs> but unfortunately, yeah. Les's affinity for big titty blondes ruined that for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as anyone else in college football, I can't really think of a, a straight up character. I mean, former coach. I mean, I guess you go to the NFL and get Rex Ryan. Uh, if Mac Brown retired, I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Mac Brown do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mac Brown, just go, just go pay Saban all the money. Just get Dude, the fuck out of Alabama. Saban would just be such a jerk about but it. Think about it, how funny would it be instead of like <laughs> Lee Corso doing his shtick. You got Saban just like yelling about all the teams. He's like, "Who do you think's gonna win? Why are you asking me these stupid questions?" It's just fucking like, October. No one cares. No one cares. Give me the hat, whatever. Throw it in the trash. I don't this care. Is I don't democracy. care. <laughs> Uh, he is. I, I think he's just going to stick to selling Affleck and call it a career after he wins a couple of more natties. I thought for sure the Affleck commercials were the beginning of the end, but God, they are not. 
Yeah, well, I guess one could hope. He's he's going to end up being the next Joe Pa or, you know, Bowden. So hopefully it ends a little bit better for him. <laughs> oh, there was a... Yeah, I hope so. I won't even yeah, go into that. Yeah, I'm just stay away from that one. Uh, uh, that thought has gone as quickly as it came. <laughs> All right, well... I think that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it for this week. Glad college football's back. Ready to see it. Go dogs. Go Tigers, baby. Um, Adam, you're short. <laughs> see you, Ugly Mugs, next week. Later.